Hello and welcome to another episode of Unqualifying Sessions with me, Amy. Now this is the Belgian Grand Prix race rundown, our first one back after the summer break and it is good to talk about racing again. So this whole week leading up to Spa was a bit hectic. There was a lot going on in the news F1 wise. We saw quite a lot of, I suppose, grid drops, grid penalties as well. So a very interesting start to the second part of the season. So as I mentioned, it was a little bit of a crazy week for Formula One news. We had the announcement that we were kind of all expecting that was Daniel Ricciardo will be leaving McLaren at the end of the 2022 season. Now, like I said, we kind of knew that this was happening, um, but, you know, we heard it officially and it's still a bit like, oh, no, but yes, it is official. He is leaving the team at the end of the year and it was essentially a mutual agreement or so they said at the time. Now, this has kind of caused a little bit of, you know, confusion. Well, not confusion, but wondering about who's going to go where because obviously a lot of people believed that, you know, he would go to Alpine, which I still think is one of the, you know, main sort of places that people think Daniel Ricciardo will go if he stays in the sport. But um, there's a lot of talk about Pierre Gasly now, perhaps going into Alpine, which will be interesting. Um, and then it kind of says, well, who's going to go to Alpha Tauri? There is speculation that Dr. Helmut Marco is looking at Colton Herter, um, which I would need to look into that because I know this was a little while ago, so it may have changed, but a couple of weeks ago, um, when I had a quick look at Colton Herter, I don't believe he has enough super license points for Formula One, but I could be wrong, that may have changed. So we'll have to see. Um, what basically happens with that. Um, There's also talk about Mick Schumacher changing. So it's all a little bit crazy, really. Normally, no, silly season is always a bit mad. So much speculation. I don't think we will really know until the end of the year. I don't think we'll truly know until... Bahrain, the season opener next year. If Bahrain is a season opener, it usually is. But apparently they're going to try and make the Formula One calendar a little bit more close together. So it's slightly less travel in between races. But let's just say the season opener is Bahrain. I don't think we will know fully until then. So we'll just have to keep an eye 
out. Okay, enough rambling on about silly season. I'm sure we're all bored of talking about it. and We just want answers. So let's move on to the actual race weekend. Now, when I tell you there was grid penalties galore, it seems like half the grid had a grid penalty for Spa. So to start off with, we had, there's quite a few, so let me get this correct. Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc, grid penalties. Grid penalties for Valshi Bottas, Espan Ocon, Lando Norwich, Zhou Guan Yu, Mick Schumacher and Yuki Tsunoda also had a grid penalty drop and so did Pierre Gasly. Now I believe Pierre Gasly, and no, I don't believe, I know, I need to say it with more conviction, <laughs> Gasly and Sonoda had to start in the pits because essentially we kind of talked about this before if something happens without basically the tick from the FIA you have your penalties you start in the pit lane you don't go towards the back so that is what happens so yeah grid penalty galore which basically meant that anyone who kind of finished I suppose Max started P14 and then so basically anyone who started P13 and kind of below got an automatic or higher even higher not below um basically got a, a couple extra good places so that worked out quite well if you know you were close to the top 10 but not quite there now going on to the weekend itself there are a couple of points we're going to talk through so at the beginning of the race actually within the first few laps we saw contact with Hamilton and Alonso which ended up finishing Hamilton's race unfortunately for him he was kind of airborne a little bit contact it got viewed as a racing incident um which I kind of agree with I do think looking on the replay footage like a lot of people said I can see that it's probably Hamilton's more on Hamilton's side but overall it was a racing incident and I do personally agree with that I don't think necessarily any more should be done you may disagree and I do understand that so let me know what you think but I think that was kind of a fair standard to make from the FIA and the stewards but yeah I definitely think you could see it's it's a bit more on Lewis's behalf. We also saw contact with Latifi and Bottas which caused Bottas to also end the race prematurely so sad day for him because it was his birthday this like the weekend just gone so a bit sad for Bottas but unfortunately it is what it is um considering Verstappen started P14 after his grid penalty he stormed through the field it was like okay well I'm in P14 because we had some changes had PU change all that good stuff but he was like but 
I'm going to get to the front. Uh, really, really good drive from Verstappen. The Red Bull was looking absolutely mighty. I mean, the reliability issues they had at the beginning of the year have absolutely gone. They're super quick. Like, I honestly, unless something absolutely crazy happens, Verstappen and Red Bull have got the driver and the constructors this year. Like, they do. I'm sorry. It is what it is, but I can't see unless something absolutely crazy, crazy, crazy happens. Ferrari coming back. I really don't. I I really, really don't. Um, Speaking (laughs) of Ferrari, um, Sainz did quite a good job. Well done to Carlos. Um, He came third overall. He did start on pole, but like I said, the Red Bulls are bloody mighty. and I don't think there was an awful lot more really he could have done. The way Max was just coming through that, it was obscene. And, you know, Checo did quite a good job as well. So, I mean, I know Checo only went up, well, stayed the same. But it, there was kind of no no chance with, with the Red Bulls. Um, for Charles Leclerc, he started P15. He ended up P6, so not a bad drive. But again, there are some intriguing choices for Ferrari. Um, I couldn't see what fully happened, but I know they pitched him quite early on in the race. Again, I'm not 100% sure of the reasons for that. But I think a lot of people, and it's the thing that I'm thinking about, is they pitted Charles for the fastest lap point towards like there's actually two laps left of the race which totally get if you know you're not gonna get you know the top prize let's at least get an extra point so they pitched him for soft tires it just I just think they did it too late and I don't think they really calculated how close Alonso was going to be because he came out the pits and got overtaken by Alonso pretty quickly after coming out of the pits. It gave Alonso enough time to kind of get up to speed to him. And I just think that, you know, if they had maybe pitted him two laps prior, two, three laps prior, giving him like four or five laps to get the fastest lap, I think he may have done it because he could, one, overtake whoever he needed to, Again, if like you had a situation like we just said with Alonso, which happened. And I think, yeah, I just think I can see why they did it. Totally get it. I just think it was, wasn't was executed at the correct time. And Ferrari having been doing this a lot. I think they have some good ideas sometimes but I just don't think they're executing them at the right time. Or I think they kind of do things in a weird order, like when we're talking about their tyre choices um, at Hungary. Things like that is like, I can see why you're doing what you're doing in a weird way, but the execution, the planning, the timing of them, I don't think is right. And I think that they do need to sort that out. 
I know Mattia Bonotto is saying, no, it's all great. It's not. You know, Ferrari could have really had this in the bag or I think we could have seen a lot closer fight like we did last year, you know, with the Red Bull and the Mercedes. We could have seen a similar sort of thing maybe with Red Bull and Ferrari, but there's a something with the strategy which just isn't isn't right. And I think on top of that, having any like driver mistakes, which I think aren't too bad. You see, you do see them, unfortunately, which when you are trying to win a title, you kind of want minimum amount of mistakes. But, you know, it happens. People are human. We all make mistakes. So it is what it is. But, and their reliability is also a bit meh. They're not, it's not the greatest. So this is like the second power unit change for Charles Leclerc already this season, which he's got a grid penalty for. So I do, I do think that unfortunately Ferrari have kind of lost it. I don't think they're going to win unless, like I said, some miracle happens for them. I think now their main goal is just trying to ensure that they keep third place in the constructors. I think they, third place, sorry, second place in the constructors. Um, I think they will, but I think Mercedes are very consistent and very reliable. So if this consistency and reliability is kept up and there's more issues with Ferrari, there could be a situation where it might only be a handful of points, but those points will lose Ferrari second place in the championship overall. I would also like to give a little shout out to Esteban Ocon. I think he had some really good moments during that. One of the things that springs to mind is the double overtake that he did on Vettel and Gasly. I thought that was a really good move. Um, I highlighted when Daniel Ricciardo did it in Hungary. So we have to highlight that for Esteban Ocon too. I thought it was a really good move. And I think, you know, Ocon is another one of those drivers, a little bit like George. I think George is more reliable and more consistent, but I think Esteban Ocon, kind of a bit like George, has quiet races sometimes, so you don't really see him too much because he kind of just goes in, gets the points, brings it home. So I can see the kind of similarities between, between those two a little bit. So, you know... A shout out to Esteban Ocon. I think he did quite a decent race this weekend and most weekends actually. Now that was kind of the whole thing with Spa. I mean, oh, I did miss one thing which I thought was quite funny and I wanted to talk a little bit about was Alonso being a little bit, a little bit salty after his contact with Lewis I can't remember word for word what he said so please take this with a pinch of salt because this is not what he said verbatim but he basically was like this is what happens when you only know how to start and finish first and I was like oh my god Alonso stop and then um 
Lewis Hamilton today, which day I'm recording. This is Tuesday the 30th of August. Lewis posted a pic and he put a cap, signed it and put to Fernando. You know, we love the pettiness. I love it. I do. I can't deny. It's great. This is the stuff we want to see. Anyway, let's do the rundown of where everybody finished at Spa-Francorchamps. Number one, Max Verstappen. Number two, Sergio Perez. Number three, Carlos Sainz. Four, George Russell, which again, apart from his DNF, has always finished inside the top five. So consistency is what we like to see. George, well done. Fernando Alonso in fifth after Charles Leclerc got a time penalty for speeding. That's coming in to change his tyres for the softs to get fastest lap. Apparently he was only speeding about one kilometre an hour, which is crazy. It wasn't a lot, but still, jeez. But still he started in P15, so, you know, overall it wasn't an awful, awful race for Charles. It could have been better though. Number seven, Espan Ocon. Again, I thought a decent drive. Good for him. Sebastian Vettel, eight, and he said 18th, 8th. Pierre Gasly, 9th. So really good race for Pierre Gasly, actually. Shout out to you. Starting in the pits, up to 9th. Love that for you, Pierre. 10th, rounding out the points, Alex Albon. Well done, Alex. 11th, Lance Stroll. 12th, Lando Norris. What was going on with McLaren as well? I think they, I think they made some strange choices again this week like strategy wise because at one stage it looked like they was going to have both cars in the top 10 and now they're not I have some questions McLaren Yuki Tsunoda 13th Guan Yu Zhou 14th Daniel Ricciardo 15th then we have Kevin Magnussen, 16th, 17th, Mick Schumacher. Has not do very well this weekend. It's a shame. Uh, 18th, Nicholas Latifi. And then Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton, DNF'd. So that was that for the weekend. I hope you enjoyed Spa Franco Shaw having... The first race back after the summer break, I thought it was a was a decent a decent race. Um, we now have two more. We go to Zanville and then Monza. I am not going to be able to watch them live. You know, it's such a such a sad thought. I'm not going to be able to watch them live. I need a moment to myself. Anyway, I'm joking. I'm actually going on holiday, so I'm very excited. But does mean. Won't be able to give you live race rundown. So because I won't have a podcast, well, I'm trying to get at least one episode out while I'm away because I will miss two weekends. So I want to get at least one episode out. Probably will be all about the history of Formula 1 in the 70s. But because I won't be talking about the races as they kind of happen, um. In my bio, you can keep up to date with the Instagram where I try to post news as I hear it. 
Um, so if you want to hear a little bit what's going on, you can follow my Instagram, which is, I will give it a shout out now, actually. Why not? Instead of you having to faff through the bio, it is unqualifying underscore pod. If you want to follow on Instagram so you can check that out where I will probably be posting a little bit more. It's a little bit easier um, for that. But I also leave other links in my bio, which will have obviously links to that, links to my TikTok. Not that I post as much on there. I should. I might do while I'm away because I can't do the podcast. Um, so the link will be in my bio. There'll be a little link tree link and you can find everything in there. Um, also hoping two things which I've kind of mentioned before but hopefully it will be ready for when I get back off a holiday blog and possibly YouTube will also be ready so if you like to use YouTube to listen to your podcasts or maybe other types of content I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen anytime soon, but I'm just saying maybe you should keep an eye on that. And that could also be another really good example of why you should follow the Instagram. I'm just putting out there, just saying. Maybe keep an eye out for that. Also, people, if you want to go to a race next year, pre-registration is coming has started to come up for quite a few. I believe Canada's already gone on sale and sold out. Um, I've seen the pre-registration for Las Vegas and for Silverstone, which happened today on the 30th of August. So just a reminder to pre-register because the tickets will be going out on sale. So if you do want to go to a race, keep an eye out. Um, one thing I think is a good idea is just go onto the Formula One website and they kind of will redirect you to the, like for the Vegas one. If it's for Silverstone, go to the actual Silverstone website and pre-register there or check out like their Twitter, Instagram, that sort of thing. There will be a link there. So anywhere you kind of want to go, pre-register, that is the best way to kind of do it. That's what I've heard. So just a pre-warning, tickets are starting to come out and become available or at least pre-registration for them has. So if you really want to go, keep an eye out, pre-register, and get those tickets because they are hard to come by don't we all know anyway thank you for listening to me babble on for 23 minutes it is at the moment or coming up to i hope you enjoy this episode let me know what you're expecting for zanvil and for monza like i said i will try to have an episode up whilst i'm away and there's some more exciting things coming As always, thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. But until next week, I hope you have a good one. I hope you have a lovely rest of the week as you prepare for Zanvort. And I will see you in the next one. Bye!